You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Well, it's a joy to be with you today. My name's Rick Francis. I'm pastor here. It's a joy to be in the house of the Lord. I just can't wait till we all get back together. I think that's just going to be such a wonderful, wonderful time. I just want to remind you of a few things. Uh, The Daily Connection devotionals will continue at 11 o'clock, Monday through Friday. Uh, Morning Watch is at 7 a.m. on Wednesday. Uh, Tune in for that. It's such a wonderful, wonderful time. And we're praying that this thing gets lifted here real, real soon. If you have your Bibles open to Acts chapter 1, I'll be reading from uh, the NIV at, at the beginning, and then later we'll look at the Passion Translation. Surprise, surprise. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they had met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you'd give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to understand, to receive and to believe what the Spirit is saying to the church, for we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. So here we are after Easter, now three weeks, two weeks, complete weeks after Easter, and just looking at what Jesus' activity was, I like going to this kind of overview that Luke gives us in, in the book of Acts, of what was taking place. So here it in the Passion Translation. To Theophilus. Theophilus is oftentimes considered to to mean those who love the Lord. It could have been an actual person. Uh, It could just be a, a letter to all those who love God. I write to you again, my dear friend, to give you further details about the life of our Lord Jesus and all the things that he did and taught. Just before he ascended into heaven, he left instructions for the apostles he had chosen by the Holy Spirit. After the sufferings of his cross, 
Jesus appeared live many times to these same apostles over a 40-day period. Jesus proved to them with many convincing signs that he had been resurrected. During these encounters, he taught them the truths of God's kingdom, God's kingdom realm, and shared meals with them. Jesus instructed them, Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about, the gift the Father has promised. For John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Every time they were gathered together, they asked Jesus, Lord, is it, is it the time now for you to free Israel and to restore our kingdom? He answered, the father is the one who sets the fixed dates and the times of their fulfillment. You are not permitted to know the timing of all that he has prepared by his own authority. But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with power and you will be my messengers to Jerusalem throughout Judea, the distant, provi the distant providences, even to the remotest places on earth. Right after he spoke those words, the disciples saw Jesus lifted into the sky and disappear into a cloud. As they stared into the sky watching Jesus ascend, two men in white robes suddenly appeared beside them. They told the disciples, Galileans, why are you staring up into the sky? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but he will come back the same way that you saw him ascend. I love this passage. He, he tells us why he's writing. Luke tells us right at the very beginning that the purpose of this is to give you further details about the life of the Lord Jesus and all the things he did and taught. And so you got Luke's account in his gospel and now continuing with the Acts of the Apostles. The first detail that he keys in on, on, on the further details of all that Jesus did, was his instructions to his apostles. Just before he ascended into heaven, he left specific instructions for the apostles. And these are men that he chose by the Holy Spirit. You'll find in Acts that one of the key themes is what the Holy Spirit has chosen and what the Holy Spirit is doing and how he leads and guides. Before ascending, but after the sufferings of the cross. So now we're looking at this time period after Jesus died on the cross and went through all of the passion to the point that he ascended into heaven. We have this time frame that we're now looking at. And it's in this time frame that the scripture Luke records is a 40-day period that he is with his disciples. He, he appeared to them many times. Many scholars say that Jesus, at a minimum, appeared 11 times after the resurrection. 11 resurrected appearances. Why? One, he wanted them to know that he was alive. It was to prove that he was raised from the dead. Convincing signs. I just, I just love uh, one of the expressions of one of the, the new movies. And Jesus is, is there. He's, he's meeting with his disciples. He's on the, and here comes a leper. And in, in this rendition of the post-resurrection 
appearances of the Lord. He heals this leper. I know that they're taking some biblical liberties at this, but as I viewed that, I could just feel the love of the Lord Jesus going out and, and continuing to do what he did before he went to the cross, now in his resurrected form, continuing to do it and imparting that to his disciples for them to continue to do. The second thing was he taught them the truths about God's kingdom realm. I've always loved this. Uh, it, the scripture doesn't say how many days, how many hours in that 40 a uh, 40-day period of time that Jesus spoke on the kingdom. But I, I like to think of it as a, a, an incredible, intensive, apostolic kingdom workshop that they were attending <laughs> and learning all about the kingdom of God. The kingdom is amazing. It's the kingdom realm. It's a message that's been entrusted to the body of Christ and as a, as a vineyard community, we have a special attachment to the message of the kingdom of God. And thirdly, it says, and they shared meals. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I can't wait till we can get together and share a meal together. Uh, the, that was important to Jesus. In his resurrection time, as he was bringing forth the verification that he is alive and teaching them about the kingdom that they're going to be commissioned to take to the earth, he also shared in the intimacy of fellowship around the table. I think uh, the, the times of what occurs around a table sharing a meal is probably some of the most impactful times for us as families, but also for us as believers. And that's why in the vineyard, wherever two or more are gathered together, there shall be a snack or a meal, or a cookout, or something. And so we, we want to continue, and we're looking forward to the day in, in which the coronavirus restrictions are lifted so that we can gather again in fellowship. So here's the one truth. We get the further details of what Jesus did and said, and now we, it's like Luke zeroes in to that one truth that he left right before he ascended. And this is the one truth that Jesus instructed them. First, don't leave Jerusalem. Don't go someplace else. For many of them, Jerusalem, of his disciples, Jerusalem was not their home. They came from Galilee. And, and so now they're in Jerusalem, but they're told to stay. This is the spiritual religious capital of Israel. This is the place where the temple of God resides. They are to stay there and continue to wait Wait until you receive the gift. I love this. I'm not really good at waiting on receiving gifts. I'm not good on waiting in giving gifts. As soon as I have the gift, I want to share it. I want to give it to the person that I bought it for. But here, Jesus tells them to tarry, to wait, to continue to wait for the gift that the, that the Father has promised. The gift the Father promised. What, what gift is that? Well, we know in Joel 2 that he promised the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which we see fulfilled later in the chapter, uh, in the early part of the book of Acts. But I, 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 I see as Jesus fulfilled the prophetic uh, utterance of Isaiah in Isaiah 61, that the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me and he's anointed me <laughs> 
to preach the good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to deliver the captives, to set the, the prison doors open so those that are in prison could be free. The day of Jubilee, all of that came as a result of what happened when the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. And Jesus told us last week when we, when we saw him in John, that the way that the Father had sent Jesus, now Jesus is sending his disciples in the same way. And that means that the Spirit is going to be released upon him. And this is the gift that the Father promised. And it would bring an anointing upon them so that they could do the very things that Jesus did. I can hear some, some of you even online saying, oh, and greater things, and greater things, as, as it's said in, in the Gospel of John. Greater things than these you'll do. Yes. So there we have. For John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Wow. The anticipation of the day of Pentecost has been set and their appetites are wet and they are ready. They are ready to receive. That's what I'd like to think, but it seems like the disciples are still kind of missing it. And their predominant thought that the, in the midst of these times of these 40 days when Jesus is talking to them about the kingdom, he's talking to them about the promise of the Father, they're still wanting to know about when is the kingdom going to be restored to Israel? When are we going to overthrow the Romans? When are we going to get free of this bondage that we're politically suffering under? And so that's their thought. Lord, is it the time now for you to free Israel and to restore our kingdom? One of the reasons it may have taken 40 days for Jesus to continue to teach and to pour out the, the understanding is because it took 40 days for them to get out of a political context into an eternal spiritual context that God's kingdom extends and supersedes all the political kingdoms. So here it says Jesus answered, and it's like every time he answered. They keep asking, is it this time? Another week goes by, is it this time? Is another week goes by, is it this time? And for 40 days, they're, they're pressing the issue. Is it about time? Is it this week? And I love his answer. Jesus answers, he says, the father is the one who sets the fixed dates. The fixed dates. The day of Jesus' ascension, the day of Jesus' return, all the days that are eternal for us, the Father is the one that sets those dates. I think in the 70s, if we'd have got that into our heads, we, we might have saved us a whole lot on our charts and graphs of trying to pinpoint the day that the Lord was going to return. But here's the truth, and Jesus has said it in his gospel, and it's quoted of him as saying it in, in the first chapter of Acts. The Father is the one who sets and fixes the dates. When is the coronavirus going to lift? The Father is the one that sets the dates. The times of their fulfillment are in his hands. And so we say, Lord, let the time of fulfillment come. Let this let this pandemic cease in Jesus name. And thirdly, you are not permitted to know the timing of all that he has prepared by his own authority. Nobody knows. 
It's by God's authority that he has established this. I don't know about you, but many times, you know, I get impatient and I'm thinking, Lord, this has taken way too long. I don't know if I can endure much more. And he's always doing something that we don't see because he is not bound by time and space. The future is as relevant and as he's as familiar with it as he is the past. And so what he's doing right now is amazing because he's not, he's not worried, he's not anxious. It's not as though he doesn't know what's coming around the corner. So Jesus replies to them in their quest for political uh, hope that this thing's going to you know, change and the Romans will be defeated and they'll be back as a nation. But he says, but I love divine conjunction. I love the divine, but I promise you this. I promise you this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Wow. If you haven't had the Holy Spirit come upon you, today would be a good day for that experience to happen. For me, it happened. I received Jesus as a fourth grader. <laughs> I was under conviction of sin. I had already stole some candy from the local hardware store. And I was guilty and was just knew if I died, I was going straight to hell. My theology may not have been quite accurate, but that's the way it felt. Came to know Jesus. But it wasn't until I was a sophomore in high school in 1970 when the Asbury Revival broke out that I had my first feeling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came in awesome power. For those that don't know, this is the 50th anniversary of the Asbury Revival, and they just commemorated it at uh, Hughes Auditorium. And it was just a, a wonderful celebration that I watched part on, online. But some of the fun things was going back to 1970 and seeing the film from the archives of seeing what the Holy Spirit was doing. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, the first thing that you're aware of is your sin almost every time, I, I realize, oh Lord, I, my sin is, is so great. And he, he brings a conviction, not a condemnation. He brings a, a, an enabling grace for us to release and ask for forgiveness that we could have our sins forgiven. First thing when the Holy Spirit jumps on you, it's like, whoa, you get overwhelmed with the good loving kindness of God. And that's what always leads us to repentance. And so we repent. Then he says, you will be filled with power. Marcus, I need a little dynamite right now. It's the dunamis, it's the power of God. It fills you. You don't get a little droplet, you get filled with the power from on high. And you will be my messengers. Oh, I love that to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the distant providences, even to the remotest places of the earth. I was reading in 1 John this week, and I had an encounter with the Lord as I was reading this. Listen, these are the messengers that Jesus is telling them that the Holy Spirit's gonna come upon, they're gonna be in power, and they're gonna be witnesses, they're gonna be as messengers, and they became that. And here's John's account of it in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. This is what was from the beginning, which we have heard, 
which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared and we have seen it and testify it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. I was reading that this week, and it's, it's kind of like the application of today's message from Acts chapter 1. As I was reading that, I was just thinking, yes, John is substantiating that he is an eyewitness of all that Jesus did and said. He's making that appeal to there. He's seen, he's heard, he touched, he was with, he ate with them. And I, every time I read that passage in the past, I just think, man, that would have been incredible to be back there and, and to experience that with Jesus. And the Holy Spirit just whispered to me this week, you have seen, you have heard, you have touched. He has shown himself to you. And I was just stuck in awe. I hadn't even thought of it like that. There is a sense in which as the Holy Spirit has come to make known the Lord Jesus to us, all that he said, all that he did, he actually not just makes known his teaching, he makes known his person to us. And so we enter an encounter with the living Lord Jesus by the Spirit who's been poured out into our hearts. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, oh my, we are so blessed and we will be messengers. You can't help but speak of what you've seen and what you've heard, what you've witnessed and what you've experienced. So it becomes here in our passage of scripture, the exit strategy. Right after he spoke these words, the disciples saw Jesus lifted up into the sky and disappeared into a cloud. The very last words of Jesus, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You will be filled with power and you will be my messengers to the ends of the earth. Hmm. So there they are. They're just gazing up into the sky and Jesus is hidden from them in a cloud. And all of a sudden, two guys appear dressed in white. I wonder who they could be. <laughs> Suddenly they appear beside them and they, and they startled the disciples. Like, I thought we were just here with Jesus. Where'd these guys come from? I don't know how long they were looking into the sky, but probably not long enough for these guys to, to come upon them naturally without them noticing and hearing the rocks and what, whatever the, the environment was. But they appeared. And they, this is their words to the disciples. Galileans, why are you staring up into the sky? Just as Jesus came so that they would know that he had resurrected from the dead, these two, <laughs> these two witnesses come to say, Jesus is gone. Jesus has been taken from you into heaven. 
Okay? He's not coming back right now. He has ascended to heaven. But here's the forecast. He will come back the same way that you saw him ascend. Oh, is that good news? He will come back the way you saw him ascend. And the scripture says that he's going to come in the clouds in his glory. And so we have that hope, even of the second coming of the Lord Jesus. But this morning, I, I think the emphasis in our heart should focus on the waiting for the endowment of the Holy Spirit. Wait, the Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father so that the Son will be with us and among us and that his work and ministry will continue through us. The promise is to be received. And as we receive this promise, it is accompanied by supernatural power, power to heal, power to deliver, power to be a witness and to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. And we are his messengers. It's like, how can we do that with those restrictions of the COVID-19? How can we do that? I mean, we're so limited, we're so restricted. Huh, are we? I was reading the devotional this week and it was looking at Paul's thorn in the flesh. And it was looking at that in light of our restrictions and our limitations that we have upon us as a society right now in the state of Indiana. And, and it's, it was looking at what would Paul be doing with the, the restriction of his thorn in the flesh. And it says, he, the author was writing, it says, he, he may have pray, prayed something like this. Lord, how am I supposed to do your work that you called me to do with this kind of limitation? Lord, if only this crisis would be resolved, we could get back to what's important. Or maybe even, Lord, I give up. I can't do this anymore. Well, though the thorn wasn't the limitation that Paul thought it was, the Lord told him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I think this is a good word for us from the standpoint of understanding that we have been empowered with the Holy Spirit to be his messengers. And yet the enemy playing upon the restrictions and the limitations that we're experiencing culturally and to realize, no, God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is absolutely sufficient for his power is made perfect in weakness. The more restrictions that there seems to be, the more power the Lord has to display. The thorn wasn't the limitation that Paul thought it was. So if we could just sit with that for a while, sit with the thought, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Perhaps then we could see that what we perceive as a limitation may actually be an opportunity for God's power to be made known. I invite you to be filled fresh. In Ephesians chapter five, verse 18, it says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
That's not just a historical moment in time and place like mine in 1970 as a sophomore in high school. That is a command and admonition to continuously be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this morning in the midst of the limitations of this coronavirus, it's time to have a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit. As the worship team comes and leads us in this last song, I just want you to prepare your hearts to receive and allow the Holy Spirit to come upon you and to receive him with thanksgiving in a fresh way. Whatever the restrictions, whatever the thorn in your flesh is, whatever the enemy is using to try to take your focus upon what the Father's doing, what the Son's doing, and what the Holy Spirit's doing. Let's make this a day in which a holy pivot takes place and we turn and we now get aligned with the Father's heart, with the love of Jesus, and with the power of the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.